Hi, everyone. Happy Halloween. Happy how Halloween, is, how's listeners. Your, how's your October, Pete? My October? Yeah. Oh, my October how's is going, how's your October? going very well. It's it's hot. It's very hot in L.A. It's right a, now. It is a warm L.A. October, which mm-hmm. I don't like it. I, I need that A lot of roasted done. pumpkins out in TJ's right now. Oh, Lord. Our fall displays look lovely, by the way. Uh, well, you know, as always. Uh, word of advice, don't carve your jack-o'-lantern just yet in Los no. Angeles because it will rot. Uh, we learned that the hard way. Several Halloweens now. Oh, yeah. Those TJ <laughs> pumpkins only keep for like a day after you carve them. Yes, indeed. And we're talking about Trader Joe's, not Tijuana. Um, listeners, just in case. Tijuana pumpkins, on the other hand, they last <laughs> because they're made of chalk. What's a, what's a Tijuana, a Tijuana It's a It's a piggy bank is what it is. Sure. It's a bank. It's, it's, but it looks like a pumpkin. Um, listeners, we have a very special a bonus very special episode bonus for you. Episode. So we've never done a celebrity interview on our right. show before. Right, right, And right. we talked to a really fun cast. We got a good one, listeners. Uh, in case you uh, are a deep, deep Nightmare on Elm Street fan, you could tell by the song, uh, we are uh, talking today to one Ms. Lisa Wilcox. Not Tuesday night. Yeah. Not Tuesday <laughs> <laughs> true, that's true. So, okay, so I know that you... So we covered Nightmare on Elm Street... Four. For yes. the Dream Master. Yes. In 2020, we did that with What's Jacob that Randall, Randall, friend of the pod. Mm-hmm. Told a very cute story about writing to Lisa Wilcox when he was a child. Um, you love this movie, and you love Lisa's character. You love Lisa. I do. So I know uh, this was a really fun interview for you to do. Yes, I was very excited to speak with Lisa Wilcox. Uh, I love Alice Johnson, the character that she plays in A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master, and A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. Um, It's just such a great role, uh, iconic you know, kind of a a soft reboot of um, of the the chronology of the timeline in the Nightmare on Elm Street, and we kind of brought in a whole new group of Elm Street kids into the mix, and Alice and and the gang were just kind of at the at the the top of that. And this character, I just really connected with from a very young age, and I've uh, I've always just kind of like looked up to Alice Johnson and her journey. And so the fact that we were able to speak with Lisa and, um, you know, have her come on and talk to us about her character and, uh, you know, uh, lots of really fun questions in the interview about that, as well as some upcoming projects that she's working on and some things that she's got uh, in the hopper ready to ready to um, to be watched. So listeners, this is a really fun one. Yeah. Scott, you love Nightmare on Elm Street 4. I love Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting for my journey for Nightmare on Elm Street mm-hmm. 4 is I never watched the sequels. I talk about it on the episodes all the time. I did not grow up on the sequels. Right, I really right. only found Nightmare on I only watched Nightmare on Elm Street for the first time when I was in college. Mm-hmm. So, and then you introduced me to all of them. And I have to say, I think that the Dream Master is the one, it grows on me the the most that I like it more with each viewing. Right. If you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, like we said, there's tons of really fun stories uh, f- from Lisa about casting and, and working with all of the, the great actors um, in those two movies. And she has some also some really fun stories about working with them today and how she's just kept in touch with them throughout the years. And, you know, uh, 
through horror cons and conventions and, yeah. and things like that. Instagram. Instagram, social media, running businesses, her and Tuesday yeah. night, you know, ran a business together for, for many years. And so, I, and I love that. I love that, that they all kind of uh, kept in contact, regardless of, you know, the biz. I feel like they all just kind of remained uh, uh, mm-hmm. a bit of a friendship there, which, which I thought was really great uh, to hear. Well, we should probably so, get into it. Absolutely. I'm very excited for everyone to, uh, to listen. So, uh, listeners, buckle up. Uh, and here is our interview with Lisa Wilcox. Enjoy. Enjoy it. Welcome to the show, Lisa Wilcox. Thank you so much for being Hi, here. Lisa. Well, thank you, and thank you. Thank you. Um, Well, (laughs) my name's Pete, and this is uh, Scott. Hello. Hello, Pete. Hello, Scott. So we're a married couple. We run a podcast. It's called Movies That Made Us Gay. And um, we've covered two Nightmare on Elm Street films so far. We covered part two, which is, I mean... Canonically or not canonically, it's it's the gay one, gay right? classic. <laughs> yes, but separately we covered Mark. Mark Patton would say, "Cheers to that." Ab- yep. Absolutely, and we and we love Mark Patton. We haven't had a chance to meet him formally, but uh, we saw his uh, documentary, Scream Queen. We saw it at and, Outfest. And we saw it at Outfest, and and we loved it. But oh um, no, the documentary is absolutely. I, I, I was blown away. It's yeah. so good, right? Yeah, um, but we, I really took it upon myself to say, we need to do Nightmare 4. And for a very specific reason, uh, I, I grew up on horror movies. I grew up on Nightmare on Elm Street in particular. And there was just something about the Dream Master and, and where the storyline kind of picked up from part three. And kind of this trilogy that three, four, and five created, and then the two movies your movies, four and five, with your character in particular, Alice, and just the way that I, when I tell you the way that Alice Johnson <laughs> spoke to me <laughs> as a as a young person growing up, you know, I, w- I was maybe in junior high school, and I watched these movies, and I thought, this is what I want my high school experience to be. Maybe that's twisted, not running from a uh, murderer, but the the friendship group. Sure, it's it's the close knit group of friends yes. that are in the movie. The way that that was portrayed for me really stuck with me. So I I really wanted to uh, to cover that movie, and I really wanted to reach out to you to hopefully you know to speak with us. So thank you for coming on our on our yeah. show, and we have a a lot of questions for you. So. Um, <laughs> Let's see. So I did a little bit of research, and actually, you uh, did an appearance on a podcast that a friends of our friends of ours run called Happy Horror Time, and you did it with um, your co-star and director of Reunion from Hell Two. So it was, yeah, it was back in November. It's called Happy Horror Time, and you know they interviewed you about that. And I want to talk about. We want to talk about. We want to talk about Reunion from Hell 2. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But before that, I want to talk a little bit about you, Lisa, and kind of your background and how you got uh, into A Nightmare on Elm Street and this franchise that we love so much. So um, I know that you um, did a lot of theater before, you know, going into into movies and television. But um, can you tell us a little bit about your kind of history with acting and and if you really had any interest in the horror genre at all when you got started? Uh, well, we'll start there. I've always loved horror since I was little bitty. So um, it, 
in the old days, uh, so I grew up in Missouri, mm-hmm. and we had a basement, and and we had a piano down there. I mean, it was an amazing play space. And Saturdays were special because it was cartoons all yes. morning long. Then the monkeys would play yes. around noon for ha- half an hour of the monkeys. Then it would be all afternoon black and white horror films. Yes. Old stuff. The Bela Lugosi's and the Frankensteins and the Twilight Zone and all that stuff. So I became intrigued with horror since I uh, since a very young age. And first in fast the, the first novel I actually read, it was in fourth grade and it was not on the reading list, was Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> and <laughs> so good. And and um I loved book clubs back then at school. You could order books and whatever Dracula was on this, you know, elementary school thing, or maybe I rented it because my mom would always take us to the library. It was a huge bookworm and literally read Dracula under my electric blanket with the electric (laughs) blanket light under the covers read. And that, that novel is Hundreds of pages long. It is. <laughs> For a fourth grader, that's sure. a huge like undertaking. Four in the morning <laughs> and then get up and go to school. Okay. Wow. So anyway, so that gives you a little bit of a background. And Absolutely. one more thing about that is um, I went to UCLA mm-hmm. and the first year you had to stay in the dorms. So in the dorm, you have a roommate, you know, and it's yeah. not a very big room and yeah. you have your little single bed and single bed, and, but you can put whatever you up, up, want on, up on the walls. Um so all the other gals had like rock star posters and sure. uh, I think my roommate had, um, oh, who did she have? Was it sticks or uh, <laughs> no, who, ah, I can't think of it. Sure. Anyway, I had Bella Lugosi. Ah, I had a love huge it. poster of Bella Lugosi <laughs> on my side. So uh, they're probably like, what does this cute little blonde have Bella Lugosi <laughs> in her first wall? <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. I love that story. I mean, Bram so Stoker- acting wise, yeah. it really was all, I guess I could, an accident meant to be. Sure. Because you could say, uh, my first play I ever did was in Missouri. We're in a little town called Washington, ninth grade and MASH, you know, the show, the TV show MASH yeah, sure. yeah. was actually a play. Okay. So, and I was very introverted, a bookworm and that kind of thing. But I was fascinated by just characters and theater and uh, play play scripts and things like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. So I auditioned and I played the role of Ms. Randazzle. Two scenes, comedic relief, and it was played in front of the curtain. So uh, think of the name Ms. Randazzle. Red lipstick, yeah. you know, the pencil oh, yeah, skirt. <laughs> and, you know, and back then we were, I was a secretary. And I'm supposed to go and saunter over and sit cross-legged on his desk and we have a little banter or something of course now that you could never do that oh, today. Sure. but anyway <laughs> especially when you know we're ninth graders 10th graders uh so this auditorium's filled and i am walking and there's footlights on a stage right mm-hmm. and it could be up shining light or locked down so right. and it was supposed they're all supposed to be locked well one of them wasn't locked and this is where I have to walk. I walk. My foot goes down. I have the pointiest, strappiest high heels you can imagine. And I am trapped by this footlight. Oh, no. Okay. And the audience is laughing because they think this is part of the script. They don't know, right? Mm-hmm. But I literally cannot, unta- you know, and the, the steno pad has gone flying and everything. So backstage, they finally realized something was, something was amiss. So, and I was literally center stage. So the guy who played oh, Hawkeye God. opens the curtain. <laughs> 
<laughs> he untangles me from the footlight and proceeded to do the scene. Oh my God. <laughs> so that that's amazing. And you can't make this stuff up, guys. So the next day at school, and I like nobody knew me. Again, I was very introverted and whatnot, but then everybody knew me. And they're like, oh my God, we thought it was part of the blah, blah, blah. you know, anyway. <laughs> so shortly thereafter, um, my father was offered a great job in California. So, and so we moved to Irvine, California. His job was in Newport, whatever. I'm making some friends at, mm-hmm. in Irvine. And, and a friend said, oh, a friend's brother who's older said, I'm doing an audition at Buddy Epson's Playhouse in Newport Beach. Do you want to come with me? And I'm like, okay, sure. Why not? So I go and I'm just sitting in this beautiful theater, just watching the auditions happening. And this lady kept poking my shoulder saying, you're auditioning, right? You're auditioning. I'm like, no, 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 no. Because now I've decided <laughs> I want to pursue my my life in uh, the medical field. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be a doctor. Oh. So, <laughs> but she was very insistent, kept poking my shoulder. I'm like, okay, fine. And I auditioned and I got the lead role of Girl in Lanford Wilson's play, The Hot L, Baltimore. Wow. And this was Equity Waiver, and I received awards. And again, this is during high school. So I don't even know how I did high school schoolwork and did rehearsals at night, but but I was bitten by the bug. And after that experience, I did play after play after play after play, and then went to UCLA theater arts degree. So that's how I got into acting. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I love that. Um, So... I did doing a little bit of research on you. Um, I know that there is um, kind of a, a fun story that um, you have about being cast as, as Alice and um, just kind of uh, with your, your look and your hair color and, and the other girls involved. And, and can you talk, talk to us a little bit or tell that story about, about being cast as, as Alice oh, in this movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm um, so I'm out of college and, and fortunately I started working as an actress like right away. Uh, did a general hospital mm. had a, re- a recurring role on that um, and other things. And so then my agent said, I've submitted you for a nightmare in Elm street, uh, the dream master. And I was mm. like, Oh my God, really? Cause again, I, I'm already a huge fan, yeah. like of horror yeah. and the films and all that stuff. So anyway, but I was turned away. They wouldn't audition me. Cause again, my hair color, I was a platinum virgin platinum blonde hair. Wow. Barbizon makeup, you know, <laughs> I played lots of, you know, cheerleaders and, and I, you know, that, that kind of thing. Sure. Uh, uh, other deeper roles too, but anyway, <laughs> so, um, and Annette Benson is the one who, who's the casting director from Nightmare 1 through 5. Okay. Uh, said that, yeah, they couldn't find their Alice and I was in their reject pile. Um, <laughs> well, they couldn't find their Alice, so they went to the reject pile. Hi. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, Read the script, totally identified with Alice so much. Oh, my gosh. And, um, yeah, got the chance to audition. I had a call back on a Friday. Had a huge over 100 people wedding that Sunday. Oh, geez. And I learned on my honeymoon that I got the role of Alice. Oh, wow. Oh, it was your wedding. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were just attending one. Okay. Wow. That's amazing. Okay. And then they said... We want to dye your hair, <laughs> right? Because Alice is a, is a, a redhead, mm-hmm. I guess in 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 the movies. Yes. And I, you know, my mother's a redhead. I have sure. nothing against red hair, but I said, can we do a rinse instead? And okay, like, okay, but I may as well have dyed it because the rinse thing was such an ordeal every sure. morning. Right, and, it's just going to kind of stick and it in dyed there. my hair anyway. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. it changed the color of my hair. Yeah. But 
well worth it. Right, right. So, okay, so you're a, you're a horror fan. You're you know lifelong horror fan. You get cast in a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. At this point, you know this is the fourth one, and and. Friday Mania of the 80s. I was going to say, yeah. ever since two, they were kind of banging one out every year. Almost so, one every year, I think. So you're kind of right in the middle of the height of kind of Freddy Mania. And then this movie kind of gets its reputation as maybe the MTV Nightmare on Elm yes. Street movie. It's an MTV Freddy. Yeah. It's got like yes. all these cool songs. There's a Sinead O'Connor song. And there's, you know, all these really great the, new ways. You get ways. the really cool direction of some of the scenes. Just kind of. Well, Rennie, you yeah. know, Rennie Harlan is, you know, this yeah. kind of young up and coming director who's kind of, yeah. you know, trying to show off and, his And Robert England, I think, coined the phrase. This, the, he, sure. Because, you know, he gets the interview, but, yes. you know, yeah, yeah, Nightmare 4 is like the MTV yeah, one yeah. of them all. Um, and, and in a way, I thought, because when I watched it, I felt like it's like date movie. It's not that gruesome. Right. There's not blood splatter. There's no, you know, young girls running around with their boobs exposed. Right, right, right. You know, I mean, it's, it, it, it you know, it was a, it was a good date movie. No, you're absolutely right. Opinion. And it, and it, and like I said, it has that high school teen friend group. Yes. You know, so it's, yes. it's good. For, it's, it's something that kids can watch and just kind of relate to. I mean, like we said, there's Freddie and, and all of that, but at the same time, it, it, it does feel like a, a great date movie, a great high school movie, just something for kids to kind of watch and, and, and enjoy. Uh, did you feel right off the bat? Like I'm part of something that's like huge. I mean, <laughs> well, I already felt, because yeah, Nightmare Three right. was huge, yeah. Um, so it's like knew we were in a big franchise, sure. you know. But I can't say we thought Nightmare Four would do as well as it did because you just—I don't know—you just don't know. You can, yeah, you never. You know? sure, you yeah. just don't know, you know. So, um, but and didn't yeah. I didn't I read that Nightmare Four was number one at the box office for like months? Yes, yeah. it, it was. made an insane it, it lot was. of money for the it 80s. It beat out that summer for six weeks. It was like number one, wow. and it beat out huge. I can't recall the list right now, mm-hmm. but huge movies that yeah. came out that that summer. But Nightmare Four was kicked butt. Yeah, wow. <laughs> um, just a side note: we mentioned that this, you know, this movie doesn't have. It's not as gruesome as you know, say a Friday the Thirteenth. That said, but the I cockroach, know- <laughs> Lisa, the cockroach scene. So I Brooks death. So <laughs> Brooks death. So I did not really grow up on the nightmare sequels. This one got me into all of them. I, I, guilty. And when he showed me <laughs> this movie, the cockroach scene. It is probably one of the most disgusting scenes <laughs> I have ever seen in okay, a movie, yeah, period. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. It, it is really disgusting. The moment when her, she's holding the, oh, the weight oh, thing and the, and the, the elbows, elbows like elbows. split. It was like, oh! Yes, yes. That must have hurt. Absolutely. And, and three, I feel like, really kind of started this wave of these kind of... Um, I guess you could say over the top, but creative, you know, death scenes for these kids. And this movie really took that and kind of ran with it with Brooke and, and with toy, you know, her, her scene in the classroom, um, in this, her dream. I still think to this day, it's really spooky, you know, that she's just like dreaming during this test. And we, you know, we've all had nightmares about 
taking tests yeah. and all. I still have them. <laughs> yes. So I think three and four have so many relatable things for teenagers mm-hmm. and adults too. Because yes. you know, as adults, we ought to. We were all a teenager Absolutely. at one time or yeah. another, right? Yeah. And I think the characters in three and four are just like so relatable. Absolutely. You know. Yeah, speaking on a fun journey and yes. Nightmare Five too. Quite oh, frankly, yes, I, uh, we love Nightmare Five. Um, yeah, great continuation of your story arc. But talking about relatable characters, I mean, Alice starts off as you know she has this great friend group. She's got a, a lot of friends. Um, a very, I would say, a varying like stature because Toy's character is a little bit more of a kind of a geeky girl. You know, yeah. Alice's brother Rick is just like super cute. He's got this yeah. great girlfriend, Mr. Hottie. You know, and um, but Alice is the one that's a little bit. You know, she's reserved. She's kind of lost in her thoughts, and she has these daydreams that she gets lost in. And kind of throughout the movie kind of takes on these elements of all of her friends to become this really strong character. And, you know, we love we love Alice's scene where she's getting ready for her final showdown. Her Sarah Connor yeah. montage. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, baby. So good. And takes all the pictures off the mirror. Yes. Oh, To yes. reveal her true self. Can I tell you, as like a 12, 13-year-old little queer boy watching this, I'm just like, that's it. That's high school. I'm going to have so many friends that they're going to cover up the mirror in my room. And just thinking about this. And, and Alice, like I said, she starts off as this young or as this kind of insecure girl. And at the end, Very much. at the end, she, she gets Dan. She gets she, the, she gets the major league. She hunk. gets the major league hunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is every girl's dream Absol- to get the hunk, you know, and to kill the big bully in her yes. life. And in this film, it was Freddy Krueger, yeah. not not other students. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, you know, like I was saying, as a, as a young queer kid, just kind of coming to terms with who, you know, with who I am and what's going on in my head and, and, yeah. and, you know, my relationships in this, I really did kind of relate to this character, you know, and, and I really always did kind of have this love of just being somebody that wasn't, re- didn't really know who they were and through the help of their friends, just kind of, understanding, you know, and being kind of more of a fully realized person or whatever. Um, Do you recall or do you, did you ever realize, A, that just the horror genre in general has a big queer following and that your character has a huge queer following? Was that something that just came to you one day or did you even like? (laughs) Uh, No, I really didn't. I didn't. No, until uh, until I started doing conventions, actually. Okay, sure, yeah. You know? And then having people come up to my table and this and that, and I'm like, that's fantastic. I That's just, that's great, you know? And I think, too, just that, you know, to be queer, and, I mean, all the bullying you had. To, yeah. All the bullying you've had to go through. <laughs> oh, my gosh, this is horrible. Yeah. Um, and, and so I can see why, uh, Nightmare 4, Alice's character mm-hmm. would, you know, be inspired, be an inspiration, yeah. you know, cause she was different mm-hmm. and, and, um, but she, but she, not that she overcame her differences. She just added more pieces to her life yeah. from her friends, you know, 
to be more multidimensional, I guess you could say, and not hide away in daydreams, you know? Right. We hide in daydreams because we're, we're scared. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And But yeah, there's just, I mean, you know, there have been uh, master's thesis papers on, you know, uh, queer people and horror and horror movies and and what mm. the connection is the otherness yeah just kind of relating to something like that you know yeah. the the final girl mm-hmm. and what and why we why we relate to all that so i i don't think scott and i are experts at that <laughs> by any means but we definitely have been lifelong horror fans and so we do we do kind of understand that that aspect of of kind of culturally you know being being drawn to these these films and these characters um yeah i was uh, my childhood was awful I mean, um, oh, we moved, we moved a fair amount. I'm from Missouri Mm. and we were living in this, um, very wealthy neighborhood and everyone, um, I was just this little blonde Christian girl and there weren't any blonde Christian girls where we were living (laughs) and I was bullied at elementary school. Like Mm -hmm. you have no idea. Yeah. Um, it, it was it was terrifying. It was sad. And so the only way I could get through life was just to bury myself in my, in books right, and disappear off on these adventures in stories yeah. and the characters. And I so badly wanted to be Nancy Drew, you know? <laughs> so, so, um, and it's part of why I know that I bonded with, I felt close to Alice, right. you know? Yeah. And again, the bully was Freddy Krueger in that yeah. case, not these nasty girls like, like in Carrie. <laughs> right? Know? Oh my goodness! Oh my gosh! Yes, <laughs> but one for, of my very favorite horror films. By oh, the way. so good, so good. But you know, from somebody that did have you know actual real life bullies, you know, in grade school and high school and things like that, watching something like A Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy was somebody that kind of gave, uh, you know, it was kind of a something that you can, I could see as like a stand in for, for the bully and seeing myself kind of like, okay, I can overcome this. This was something that I was scared of as a child because he's like this boogeyman and he's got, you know, these knives and all of that. But now that yeah. I'm growing up, I can say, okay, maybe, maybe I'm, you know, not as, as afraid of him. And, you know, and, and just escaping into movies and TV for, for, for me at least was, was definitely something that, that, uh, that that helped kind of get through all of that, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I I just uh, I it is definitely an, an interesting kind of topic. This whole kind of queer community and their love of the final girl and all of that. And the interesting thing about Alice is that she's a final girl twice. Sure, you survived two movies, and then I mean, yep. For whatever <laughs> reasons, they said, "All right, we're doing another one," and. We're just going in. We're going in a very direction. different direction. And also, Alice gets to save the man at the end of the movie. It's not like Alice is left alone at the end of mm. of the at the end of that movie. Right. Like she does, four. she gets to save the guy. Yeah, which is something that you don't yeah. really see a lot in those movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Alice is a, she's a strong chick. She, re- <laughs> even, but but not but not that she even knows it. You know, right, right. she just does what is right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know? And, you know, and then in, in five, we get this continuation of, you know, she, Alice graduates high school and her and Dan kind of, you know, t- attempts to kind of build this life together. And we've got some new friends. 
Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it goes a certain direction. Um, but by the end of the movie, it's like, like Alice is pregnant. Dan is Dan's gone out of the picture. And it's like, there's so many ways that like we could have gone forward with, with this story, sure. you know, and we just, you know, we as fans like loved it so much. And, and, um, it's just, you know, it's an, it's unfortunate that it went down that way, but, uh, there's always fan fiction. Have you, is there any fan fiction out there that's kind of, or that you're aware of that's extended Alice's story with, I'm, I'm with told, Jacob? I'm told about <laughs> it and whatnot, but I can't say I've read sure, it or sure. anything like that. And, and, and while we're two talking about five, you know, it mm-hmm. did terribly at the box office. And, right. but it, in 1989, mm-hmm. but we have to look at the taboo <laughs> subject matter we're sure. talking about in a horror film, mm-hmm. not an after school special, but in a yeah. horror film, yeah. we're talking about Major sex issues. before marriage, yep. mm-hmm. teen pregnancy, mm-hmm. abortion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we have <laughs> Greta and the anorexia oh, and yes. Lenia yeah. and all, and that. You know, she's supposed to be the beautiful model mm-hmm. and the mother pushing, you know, and the and Dan's father pushing in for the football and all the pressures that teens have right. in real life right. in 1989. <laughs> but it wasn't so much welcomed, apparently. Sure. It's only many years later now yeah. that it is so much more appreciated about, you know, I call it I call it a brave little film. I really do. I thought it was very brave to touch on real matters that really do concern teenagers. Absolutely. And you know, still do. Yeah. You know, you know like, like I said, I, I grew up on these, so I've been watching them my, my whole life and I introduced them to Scott uh, as an adult. And so it's interesting because I just, to me, those, that was the script. That was the story. And this was, these were things that Alice and her friends were going through and yes. Scott, and we're sitting there watching it. And, and Scott's like, <laughs> They're like talking about an abortion. Like, what is wild? What is going on? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I guess so. Yeah, and you know, and like you said, with Greta and (laughs) eating disorders and all. Was she going to give up her child? Yes, parents. Right to the parents. All these decisions, (laughs) this little young teenager is having to deal with, and her and her boyfriend dies. Yes, right. To say nothing of now, we're getting heavy, man. It was heavy. It, heavy, and now we're getting real Freddie backstory of like mm-hmm. his mother in the ins- in the insane asylum and all these men. Like, there's a lot going on. And me, like a Catholic, my whole life, I'm like, oh, this nun and all oh, the gosh. religious iconography in this movie. I'm just like, what is happening? Oh my god! Yeah, it's a it's a lot, but I do feel like I I will take five over uh, uh, Freddie's dead. dead. Yeah. <laughs> Any any day of the week, but yeah, maybe we'll we'll look up some some of that uh, fan fiction of of Alice kind of extending her story. But you know, um, very recently there is a uh, fan made Pet Cemetery sequel with Miko Hughes that's about to be released on YouTube. Oh, oh no, that's no, that's awesome. I think that it's I, is I it out already? I think that's actually Nightmare. It's not Pet Cemetery. No, no, with Miko Hughes. It's a, it's a, there's a... The family, I thought that was a nightmare one. Oh, you're right. Yeah. It is a nightmare. It's nightmare. It is a nightmare. It's, yeah, a, it's, it's an a, extension it's of... It's a fan-made short. Sorry. Yeah, with Miko Hughes from New Nightmare. Yeah. So they've... Ex- Neat. Yeah, and he's involved. He came back, you know, all these years later. And, and so it's a short film, you know, it's, it's, it's about 35 minutes. We'll, we'll have to watch it. But I mean, hey... <laughs> 
<laughs> well, yeah, no, I'll check it out. Hey, maybe we can do something with Allison Jacob. You know what I mean? I mean, grown I always, up Jacob. I let's mean, get this ball rolling. I always think, just with the wild success of the new Halloween movies, this has to be being discussed at Warner of just what can we do with this franchise and Freddy, and it's just I think for Nightmare, it's just really hard. Of that, you really just can't plug in just like a new director with the story like you can Michael Myers. It's just, I think it's just so tied to Robert. And kind of discussing that is so complicated of just like, well, is he going to do it? Is he going to want to do it? He doesn't want to do the makeup anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think a story could come up where he doesn't have to wear the makeup. Right. Right. But, um, I'm no screenwriter. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and you can't blame him for not it wanting to. It does feel like there's a, a, a gem right yeah. there in their hands to yeah. do something yeah. one last time, you know? Um, speaking of Robert, can you just tell us a little bit about working with him? I know he just, uh, every, you know, nothing but great praise from everybody that he works there, with. He, but. He's just, yeah. He is just such a unique and fascinating individual. Yeah. And, and he's, he's very kind. He has such love for the arts. It's just uncanny. Yeah. And of course I've known him a long time. I know his wife, Nancy, Mm -hmm. uh, not to be confused with Heather Lane. Um, and, um, yeah, he's just, he's very passionate Mm -hmm. and he's also incredibly intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's, He's humble, uh, and he loves to share. I mean, I'm telling you, he loves, and we all do, like, posters from all over the world. And, I mean, he is genuinely like, wow, I've never seen this before. This is amazing. It's from Taiwan. And he'll look, look at the colors. I mean, and that is, that's real. That, yeah. is, that is real. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he so appreciates this adventure that he's had and, and what it continues to bring to him. Yeah. And myself as well. I'm mm-hmm. still always like something new and something. And anyway, we're pretty gen. We're a genuine group, actually. All of us in the cast. Yeah, um, yeah. It it, it yeah. really sounds like it because I I mean from what what I've seen of uh, what's the really long documentary that everybody never sleep again never sleep again. Yeah, that is. I mean, it's 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 a lot of of movie, but it, I was riveted and everybody just the fact that everybody came back you know to talk about it and just seeing seeing you you know do doing panels and doing conventions and and all that it's just it's just really great to see that 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 people really have kind of uh, an affection for for this time well listen as long as you all will have us we will keep, <laughs> we'll keep coming because yeah. <laughs> we love yeah, it yeah <laughs> great great and you know just kind of one last thing about about robert it was just you can really see that it I feel like just the character and probably even the, the entire franchise really just came became what it was because of the kind of performance that he created for this for this role, you know. Mm-hmm. And in other franchises, other horror franchise, it's not tied to the actor, you know. Maybe because Jason a, Michael could be really mask. played by anyone. Yeah. But this is it, it like we said, it has to be Robert. There's he has a story about part two where there's a pickup shot and it's through steam and in a steamy shower and he wasn't available and they got a, they got a double and and it's in the movie and you can tell yeah. even just the silhouette, <laughs> just the silhouette. It's not his physicality of the way he just like puts his weight on one 
side because the glove is heavy and just things that he thought of about, you know, this character. And it's just, yeah, it just really makes all the, the physicality movies, yeah. of a character mm-hmm. is, is a, 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 a big, a really big deal. And, and he's a really good actor, yeah. you know, and his physicality, it, it's, is very important how a character walks or holds mm-hmm. their hands or moves their head. Or, I mean, it seems subtle and it is subtle, yeah. but it's intentional. Absolutely. Because that's what we, act, we actors have to do. We make we have to make choices yeah. like that for a character. Yeah. And that's why I studied Grotowski. Sure. from UCLA. And, yeah. you know, and I've played everything from nuns to prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And believe me, my the way I move or walk is different than when I play a nun. Versus a prostitute, right? Right, <laughs> right. right. So. And it's those subtle things that we don't notice until they're not there. You know, yeah. Like I said, when it's, well said, you know, very well said. Because when it's that when it's that body double, it's like okay, well, that's clearly not right. You know, you can't even see his so, face. Yeah. But we're like, so that's I like mentioned him. the other night of mm-hmm. that. Now it's like Star Wars. You can be dead for decades, but the Star Wars canon can still put you in there somewhere. <laughs> of that, yeah. they will somehow make a computer generate that actor, mm-hmm. and with if you use a double, you can kind of match them a little bit, glue their face on. And them. I'm sure that they could probably do something like that for Nightmare, but do we really want it though? Like That's for thing, like for, for Robert, like Robert to do a voice yeah. do a voice performance. I don't know. Yeah, it's like do we? I want don't something know. Like I, don't that? Know. I don't know. I don't want it. Yeah, <laughs> I want the I, I want know. the actor. I know. That's <laughs> yeah, hard. Bittersweet, yeah. quite frankly, yeah, it's yeah. just like <gasps> maybe, we'll, maybe, maybe something animated anyway. like a comic book kind of a situation, but animated. I, I would love a horror animated movie. I'm in. <laughs> but this is this is just me, super fan, saying like, give me, give me as much more nightmare as possible. And, and speaking of, I thought the yeah, I thought the comic book concept in Nightmare Five, I thought that was just so clever, so yeah. cool, and so yeah. interesting, and so on point. Absolutely, with, you know, comics being so huge you know so and and parents having this kind of fear of like comic books and video games being too bloody or gory and their kids kind of being you know desensitized to all that and it's all that stuff kind of tied together I, i i love that yeah um another thing about nightmare five is that not only did you survive but yvonne kelly joe minter she survived to the end of the movie with you as well and we love jo- Kelly Joe Minter. Yes, correct. we yes, love Kelly Joe Minter. And I feel like the thing about—I mean, a, a lot of the horror franchise, um, slasher franchise—get into this whole like female empowerment, or like we said with the Final Girl or whatever. But I think in particular, your two, four, and five, just kind of really show that off with Alice. Like we said, kind of saving the day for Dan at the end of part four, when he's just kind of like. He's kind of the damsel in distress at the end of that one, and and you and and you and Kelly at the, at the end of five making it out alive. So, um, was just kind of like I don't know. Was female empowerment kind of on your mind when you were making these, or was it just like you know, this is this is a script, this is how it's going? Was that something that you kind of enjoyed? Uh, I, I mean. <laughs> So you're kind of asking like about like my feminism kind of I thing. I guess, you know? yeah, just because it just ties in so much to this to this this role, really. Yeah, I mean, I I I would say I've been a a feminist. I was raised that way. Yeah, you know, great. Um, 
we, I had a sister and, mm-hmm. and we were raised, we could do whatever we wanted to do, yeah. whatever we put our mind to. Yeah. Um, it was not anything like, oh, well, when am I going to have grandchildren <laughs> or you need to get married, you know, or yeah. whatever. It was never that. It was like, you know, and they completely supported my acting career, which kind of came at the end of high school when I said, this is definitely what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And they're like, that is great. And they were, oh my gosh, my mom said every every perform not every performance but they yeah. supported me right. very, very yeah. appropriately but they're like but we really would like you to get a college education <laughs> sure. so, and, and i was like that's fine there's ucla BFA. it's in los <laughs> angeles perfect <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah so so um um i don't know so i feel like i yeah. lived in a very um what's the word an environment right. where just put your mind to it and sure. we will support you, you and it. you will do it. Great. That's awesome. Um, okay. Well, uh, let's kind of bring it back to kind of the present. And I want to talk a little bit about, or have you talked to us a little bit about um, reunion from hell too, and getting to work with uh, Danny again and, um, and Mark Patton. Well, that was quite Quite an anomaly, honestly. I mean, <laughs> right. it was like, oh my God, Danny, and oh my, what, 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 you know? So it was very kind of like, like with Dan, Danny Hassel, okay? Because, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, his real name is like his character. Yes, yeah. So you know that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, it, but it was almost like, it was almost like, you know, a month ago, we just did Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Or did Nightmare on Elm Street five? Yeah, mm-hmm. and and we have kept in touch. Like yeah. all the cast of Nightmare Four, we we have kept in touch. So it was just felt so natural and and good for Hayden who who put us together, yes. and then to work with Mark Patton. Okay, he is the best thing in the film. I'm sorry, <laughs> he just he is so freaking funny. Okay, and talk about physicality and his choices. I had I, I can't wait for you to see it. Yeah. Honestly, he he is just is blown away. Um, because he left acting for a very very yes. very 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 long time. Yes, you absolutely. Know? And all I'd seen him in was Nightmare Two, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So now to work with him and then see this character he came up with, I was just totally blown away. So and Dan is just such a sweetheart and always. Um, yeah, we we had a we had a. Hoot, have a good time. That's exciting. Do you have any information about when it's going to become available on, you know, streaming or anything like that? Or do we just have to wait and I see? I don't know. Okay. okay. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, I keep, don't know. we'll keep our eye out but for that one. I imagine soon. Yes. I, 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 I'm, I'm, it's looking like it's going to be soon. Um, so I kind of want to talk a little about, you mentioned, you know, conventions, you know, think going to these cons and kind of that circuit and, and meeting fans you know, in person and them kind of telling you their story and all that. Um, and with social media being what it is and, you know, being as accessible as we are on social media, that's how we just reached out to you via Instagram, you know, to, mm-hmm. to talk to you about coming on our show. Um, it's, it's interesting the way it's kind of, you know, in the eighties, if I wanted to write to Lisa Wilcox from nightmare four, I would have had to have, found, you know, whatever movies to New Line Cinema. <laughs> I miss fan mail, actually. Right? I miss the envelopes <laughs> and the fan mail and the my f- agent saying, you have a box here, Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> Come pick it up. <laughs> and going through it. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, I, 
I, I, I kind of miss it that way, actually. Anyway, um, so so your question is kind of like, how do I feel about social yeah, media? Yeah, I mean, I, I think social media, did it kind of bring the cast a little bit closer together? Was it was it something that helped or were you, or had the cons kind of always been there mm-hmm. um, to kind of bring I think bring the conventions, in? really, they started about 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did one of the first chillers. Okay. Okay. Um, on the East Coast. I think I did their second one. And that, they kind of were like, the first yeah, kind of, and I guess maybe dragon con too and whatnot, but that's like, it's 20 years. Yeah. Sure. Um, so at the conventions, that's where as a cast members, we got to, you know, see each other again and whatnot. Although several of the cast members I have stayed in touch with even right. after nightmare on Elm street four, like toy who plays Sheila mm-hmm. at the asthma attack. Mm-hmm. She had moved to New York and she's moving back to LA. And I'm like, come live with me. Let's be roommates. <laughs> uh, Brooke Thies, uh bug girl. Yes. <laughs> Her son was the same age as my eldest son. So we would go bowling and we would do things like that. Oh. Uh, Tuesday, like Kristen, mm-hmm. um, we had a business for almost 10 years called Tobrights. So interesting enough, somehow we did, we stayed in, in touch, but um, with or without the conventions. But sure. Definitely the conventions I've now been doing some with the nightmare five cast okay and i hadn't seen the boy the man who plays jacob Mm -hmm. since the film right yeah since 1989 (laughs) isn't that crazy (laughs) so i had never seen him and And he's still working i I think her forever so yeah the conventions are definitely a wonderfully bonding experience for the for all cast Mm -hmm. cast um and also just to be in the flesh and blood of uh, fans and and meet and yeah. hear stories and the emotions that abound. And it's, it's just wonderful. Um, social media. Yes. Is a great way to, uh, you know, get your, I'll be here. And here's yeah. a picture of that. Um, to me, I'm sorry, but I'm just, I have to do social media, but right, I, right. Yeah. H-A-T-E <laughs> it's it. a lot. I, yeah. <laughs> it's so much pressure yep. and i i was raised in a way where you don't flaunt yourself right. that's sure. so conceited right. right you don't take pictures of yourself and show every that's like what you know playboy and playgirl were for <laughs> so, so yeah. have periodicals okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i find it really stressful to yeah. keep up day to day and I, I can't do pictures no, every yeah. day. One, I don't, I don't do my hair and makeup every day, <laughs> whatever. Yes, I can put on baseball cap and sunglasses, whatever. Okay. I've done that. But it's really stressful for me, quite sure. frankly, to keep the content, more content, yeah. more content, content every single all the time. Yeah. Every week. It's very, very stressful. Yeah. Which is completely understandable. But I do have to say as as a fan, um you know, when things like Instagram did first start coming around and, and I realized, hey, some of these accounts are, this isn't a publicist, this is just them. Yeah. And, you know, when I did realize, hey, I can look up people like, you know, like you, and then I would see maybe you're tagged in a photo with, you know, with some of the other cast members. It's just really nice as a fan to see like, oh, okay, you guys are still kind of interacting at, you know, maybe a con or maybe just yeah, out at, an, at an event. I agree. So that's I that's really agree, nice. But, but we have to but come yes. up with that content to let everybody know. Why do I have to leave everybody <laughs> yeah. to know? Yes. And I'm not tech, I'm not tech savvy. No, yeah. And I, I it, it makes, gives me 
hives. And <laughs> I swear. And I, I, I and so yeah, it's yeah. and uh, Facebook, the whole face group thing, and mm-hmm. the, I really pretty much don't do Facebook at yeah. all anymore. I had some photos like every couple months I'll go through photos I took at conventions. For me, Instagram is really easy. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Facebook is, I don't know. Um, (laughs) And I downloaded, I don't know, 15, 20 photos that I was going to put on Facebook. Facebook is just easier for me to do it on my computer. Instagram is easy on my phone. But again, I'm not tech savvy as much as I'd like to be, but that won't be changing anytime soon. So I just, (laughs) and, but then the strike happened and I'm like, oh, so I don't think I can put this up on (laughs) Facebook now because I I can't be, uh, it's just been such a mess with the strike, which is what, five months now. So it looks like writers still, but anyway, the whole social media thing is, and I do have someone, um, Darius, who will help me at times. And he's like, Lisa, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. It's for the and people. Everything. <laughs> hashtag, 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 all that. I mean, yeah. it can take me a good 40 minutes to put up one post. I swear. Yeah. I mean, right there with you. We, I mean, we have our little dog and pony show podcast that we're doing, you know, trying to get traction on. So we p- putting those messages out and getting content out every day. It really is like pulling teeth. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Just- and everyone says it's like a job now. It's it like part of our job. And it's yeah. like, well, I didn't used to have this job. My yeah. job was to just go fly, get on a plane. Yes. And make, <laughs> be in person with people yeah. and then go home and then rest for 48 hours mm-hmm. and, then, and then start over yeah. or work on a script or be working on a part or a role or something. You know yeah. what I mean? So I don't know. It's, 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 it's interesting. And I know I have actor friends. I love social media sure. and they're really good at it. And I'm like, kudos to you. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm more introverted. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't like sharing every intimate detail of my life. I just, so what can I say? And, and, uh understandable love, love me or hate me. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> this is the real you but yeah and and i could see we're getting actual physical fan mail is definitely more kind of it's a little more personal yeah a more personal experience um than you know a comment on a photograph but um yeah i mean yeah. like i'm a grandma i have a granddaughter and stuff and wow. her mom you know asked me not to put any pictures up of her sure, yeah which i completely respect yeah, that absolutely you know? yeah um so at one point, you know, it's like, what can I actually share personally from Lisa? You yeah, know, yeah. I put things up on my dog. He doesn't <laughs> mind. Yeah. Well, we as the fans <laughs> would would love to see anything that you have to get to show us about your dog. <laughs> we love it. We'll we'll take anything that that we get from you. Um, really quickly before we before we wrap it up, we don't want to keep you any you know uh, too long, but. Um, Lisa Wilcox, your upcoming projects on IMDb is a mile long. It looks like you've got a lot of things <laughs> in the hopper um, yeah. coming out. So is there anything that you'd like to talk about uh, briefly, if, if you can, um, that, yeah. that's on the horizon that we should look out for? Well, yeah, no, definitely. There are um, some... Sorry, I'm looking over my doggy. Oh. <laughs> this is dinner. Um, he... Uh, so several things are streaming right now. Okay. One is called Barbie Rehab, spelled B-A-R-B-I-E. Barbie Rehab is okay. a totally raunchy, fun, silly show. Yes, it's about Barbie and Barbies. Okay. <laughs> um, Tom Sizemore did this. Um, oh, okay. 
rest rest in peace and Bailing is in it i have a small recurring role but that's streaming on many many platforms you you can find it Um, and then another thing that's streaming right now is called mystery spot okay think of a kind of twilight zone i have a very large role in that in that piece so mystery spot um also something called um murder anyone and most of the cast received awards at the Hollywood Film Festival. I won Best Supporting. Uh, so murder anyone. So those are three things. And I know there's a fourth one, but I can't, I can't recall right now which okay. <laughs> it is. So those are a lot. But I've also filmed quite a bit of things last year and this year. And I still have two more films to do this year that will eventually be out and streaming and, you know, all that kind of thing. Great. Um, one of the films I did yeah. that I can't mention yet uh, is, uh, should have a, we're hoping a large theater in okay. the theater release. Okay. release. Great. Yeah. Awesome. Which you, we all now know now that it's so weird. Like everything just streams now. Yeah. Sure. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, but yeah, it looks like most of most of what you uh, told us about now is uh, streaming uh, on Tubi or uh, or Roku. So they should be uh, easy for us to our listeners to go out and um, and find. And um, yeah, we'll keep an eye out for those for those new things. And hopefully, uh, if you do get a theater release, that would be great to see on the big screen. Yeah, I have a film, an Irish film. I did um, Demon Hunter Two. Uh, and a new project called the Emerald Forest, which I'm okay. super excited about. I play awesome. this very evil queen. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's just one of several. Woods Witch, I just saw him put something on Instagram. It's called Woods Witch. It's mm-hmm. kind of this outrageous comedy horror thing. Uh, there, there's a whole bunch, the whole, whole bunch of stuff um, that, that I'm in and, I'm so glad to be back in acting again because yeah. I left for about 20 years. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's so great. Yeah, I that's mean, so great. Yeah, uh, left to just to be a mom. Yep. To raise your kids. Yeah, that's that's a, that's great. And and we we welcome you back with open arms, Lisa. This has been so much. Thank fun. you so much talking to you thank you guys so much oh, so you're so uh, welcome hopefully i'll see you sometime and maybe eventually do that rooftop screening yes <laughs> yes uh we, th- this is still a possibility it's still on the table just uh, this this season wasn't gonna, wasn't gonna work out but yeah gotcha. as, as a as a lifelong fan not lifelong i'm 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 <laughs> 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 i'm not gonna age you or myself i was i was a teenager <laughs> <laughs> when I was watching them, but you know, uh, as as somebody who who really uh, those movies had a, had a big impact on me and your character in particular. Thank you so much for talking to us today. This oh was, my gosh, this thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, you Lisa. both are just lovely. Thank you. You're you're so welcome. Um, <laughs> okay, we'll let you Have know. A good evening. You too. We'll let you know when this comes out. We'll tag you. We'll email you. Thank you so much for your time. Okay, great. Yes. Bye. 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 <laughs>